and and the last question because I know we got a hard stop in four minutes. Yeah. Has anybody developed the 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 insect fish food that we talked about 13, 12 years ago? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And how is it? How does it work? I mean, is it? Is um, it it's it's mostly going to hit the um, omnivorous to vegetarian fish. Your um, carnivorous fish that a lot of people like to eat. They're not going to do as well on an insect-based diet. The the fish oils has such a perfect amino acid profile for fish. That's why fish eat fish to grow fish, um, because it's the perfect profile. And we can't find a, a perfect replacement for that. So I think. Um, carnivorous fish, your bass, your walleye, your pike, um, those fish are always going to have fish meal in their diets, in my opinion. So the insect um, diets that we're looking at, uh, they're more for sustainable food production. So we need to stop eating carnivorous fish and we need to start eating lower on the trophic level if we want to support sustainability. Tilapia is an ideal fish. Um, A lot of people say they don't like tilapia. In my opinion, it has no taste. So you have to know how to cook to like tilapia. So tilapia, I call it the tofu of fish, piece of white meat. That's what we should be eating more of. And honestly, I'm a fish farmer, but I'm leaning more towards plant-based diets in my life. We need to get rid of eating meats of all kinds and just eat the algae, eat the plant-based diets. You'll get all your mega-3s by just squirting some algae in your mouth. We don't have to go through that intermediate step. So, you know, maybe one of my last take homes here is uh, to push you to consider not eating fish, (laughs) but uh, focus on those plant based diets and eating low on the trophic level. Um, Make wise decisions when you're out at the marketplace. okay, in the restaurants, the days of tuna and walleye and pike may be passed if you're concerned about the future of our planet. Start eating a little more sustainably. And if we have enough time, can you bring us up to speed on the algae work? Oh, we lead a consortium of algae and um, anybody who wants information, there's a couple of Ken is able to ACES, A-C-E-S. It's an algae consortium of education systems, maybe ACES. And another one is Algae Foundation. Everybody should look at that because there's free courses there. Uh, There's a course on microalgae and a course on macroalgae. These are 16 week courses. It's all free. You don't get a certificate of completion unless you pay for the course, but it's all free. Um, There's a lot of YouTube's embedded and what's the future of algae. So algae for soil remediation still is probably the top of what we're doing here, the top demand for what we're doing here. Uh, We got into algae for biofuel production. And when we look at the uh, processes of growing, harvesting and extracting, uh, it's probably $8 a gallon right now on the industry to produce fuel for your vehicle. So it's really not there yet. Uh, One thing we've done over the last year, we worked with a company that's looking at earth lined materials. They can take earth and create concrete out of earth. So the biggest cost in algae farming for biofuels is the plastic liner of the ponds. So if you can imagine 100 acre ponds out here in New Mexico and remote location, 100 acres of plastic liners, that's $20 million. And every time they get a puncture, it's incredibly hard to fix those liners and they often throw stuff away. So we're working with a company that has a special sauce to turn earth into concrete. Um, So if they can start making ponds at that scale with no liners, we can reduce the cost of algae as biofuel by 75%. 
it's shocking how much. We, so we're working in that direction to get algae as biofuel uh, down to the price point we want it. Uh, we're looking at algae. We have a spirulina farm, so human nutrition. We package that. Uh, one of our growers does. It was a former student, and he sells that for a hundred dollars a um, hundred grand. No, more than that. It's a it's a hundred dollars a pound. It comes out to. So and it's dried. It's it's a product, and it's sixty five percent protein using very little resources from our planet as well. Algae for remediation. We're using it to clean up um, toxic mine waste. So there's a billion gallons of waste out in Grant's area uh, that's all contaminated with uranium. We're going to have algae assimilate the uranium so they can use the water on site to keep the dust down. They can't even use that water to keep dust down now. And then we could take the algae and dry it, incinerate it, and we have a very small concentrated uh, uranium to throw out. Uh, we're looking at brackish water here in New Mexico. A lot of our groundwater comes up brackish. This was an old seabed in a lot of places in the world, in America here, uh, we have brackish water. What do we do with it? Let's grow algae. Let's grow algae and start an oyster production facility nearby. Grow algae and whatever you want to use that algae for. Uh, you can have industry around there. So we're looking at oyster cultivation. We're looking at seaweeds for food cultivation with that as well. And finally, something we're doing with algae is most greenhouses have a discharge. Uh, most hydroponic facilities drip to waste and you have a discharge on the backside that's often goes unregulated. It is regulated, but it's often not seen. And so we, we say that we're going to use algae and we're doing this already to clean up that those nutrients, assimilate it, now we have clean water that can be discharged back to the river, but we have this amazing algae fertility that can be used for soil applications as well. Algae is a really great model for holding on to nutrients. Uh, Leighton, we could talk forever. I'm doing a lot of work with biochar these days as well. I'm finding it to be a tremendous media for hydroponics. A lot of people talk to me about what ratios are you using biochar to perlite or biochar to cocoa. I am straight up 100% biochar, and my, these are the strongest plants in my systems right now. And obviously, all that's a waste product. We use pecan shells for our biochar and just bringing that loop as tight as we can. I take, I'll, I'll also end with this. I take all my green waste now and it all goes into vermicompost. So I have a quarter acre greenhouse, all green waste, and I'm getting wood waste from our woodworking department. And we're turning all of our waste into vermi castings and we're making teas with it. And we're growing more hydroponic food with what would have been our waste. So we're closing that loop as tight as possible. Dude, I love you. I love the work you're doing. It's I appreciate all of you for doing the work you're doing. This is so important. 